You're listening to The Red Tales, the Red by Moddy Body podcast, which candidly celebrates the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and our bodies. From juggling changing friendship groups, dealing with first heartbreaks, and waking up to changing body parts, our teenage years are filled with the most defining and often cringeworthy moments of our lives. Luckily, we're not alone. Red by Moddy Body is sustainable, easy to use, period underwear for tweens and teens. It gives us the best protection against period leaks and stains so we can ditch pads and get on with living our best lives. I'm Sasha Meany, your host, and every fortnight I'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up about the all-too-relatable moments from their teenage years and how they lived to tell the tale. An iconic moment for every Aussie student, their very first swimming carnival. It's a day where all high school students are obligated to dress up in their house colours, take a bus to the swimming centre and compete in front of their peers. The first time I went to my school swimming carnival, I felt so awkward about wearing a swimsuit in front of my classmates. My friends and I were separated into different houses and I hated not having anybody to hang out with. I even faked having my period on that day to get out of competing. No man, woman or teacher was going to pressure me to wear a tampon and flounder in that pool. Someone else who understands the dilemma of attending a school swimming carnival is 23-year-old Lali Gill. Today she openly shares her tale around the anxiety she felt over her body and how she survived her very first swimming carnival. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you, I'm excited. And how are you? I'm doing well. I mean, you know, like puberty trauma. It's actually funny because I'm visiting my mum at the moment, as I was telling you before, and I am in my childhood bedroom. So there's just like everything from my childhood, my teenage years is all around me as I talk about puberty on this podcast. And it's just an immersive atmosphere, to say the least. It's bringing you back. It really is. I hope you've been flicking through those diaries and getting yourself in the like oh my God. the right headspace. I don't want to know what's in them. <laughs> I'll expect a lot of detail. <laughs> and so... We're chatting today about, like, your first swimming carnival because it's a weird experience to, like, suddenly be out in your knickers in front of everybody, really. Like, that's what it feels like. Mm. It doesn't feel like a swimsuit. It feels like your knickers. (laughs) Could you set, like, the scene for us? Yes, I can. I'll try. Well, so it's the night before. It's the night before the swimming carnival and I kind of – I remember like I hadn't thought about it that much coming up. It wasn't like, oh, the swimming carnival's in three weeks. Now it's two weeks. Now it's one week. It was just kind of like going about my life, hanging out, whatever. And then it was like, oh, it's swimming carnival tomorrow. So I was like, okay, I'll like set my clothes out for tomorrow and get my swimmers out, my sunscreen and stuff. And then I like got my boardies. I had like little boardies to go over my little, you know, just like mini little boardies because I was always a bit like I wasn't the most body confident. Um, And then I just kind of noticed the hair on my legs and I just had this moment of feeling like literally at the time mortified by it. Like I felt literally disgusting, which thinking back makes me so upset. Like I could cry thinking about past me feeling gross about myself for having hair on my body. Like, hello, what do you mean? Um, But yeah, I remember feeling really gross and really out of place. So that was the night before. And um, 
I was really upset in my room and I was crying and my mum came in and she's like, no, what's wrong, blah, blah. And, and I just, like, it was almost even embarrassing to say, even though I was always and still am super close with my mum and I wasn't embarrassed, I didn't hide anything from her. But even with her just, like, actually saying, I have hair on my legs and that's embarrassing, just felt so stupid. Um, but I told her and she was just like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, normal stuff, like everyone has it. It's natural, blah, blah, blah. But I like was in that mindset, you know, when no one can really make you feel better. <laughs> You're just like hysterical. Oh, so sad. Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, and so my mom was like, well, if you want, we can shave your legs or wax your legs. And that brought like a whole nother element of embarrassment because it almost felt like, removing hair from your body was like something real adults do in quotations you know like only my mum and her friends or like my older cousins or something like that they like they wax their legs but like I'm a child I'm not meant to do that um that's how I felt and so I was kind of torn because it kind of felt like it was a lose-lose because my mum was going it's okay you can just go with hair in your legs no one will care and that was like a no-no but then she was also like it's okay if you want I can wax your legs for you and I was like no 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 so (laughs) It's so hard because, like, at that age, it is, yeah, it's so much subconscious. But even being told, like, here's all these options to mm. remove your hair makes you feel like I shouldn't have hair. Exactly. But then you're always just like, <laughs> literally. But I don't want it. I, I don't want to cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to remove it, but I don't want it to be there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. And And did you shave or wax or yeah so after a lot of tears and like feeling like properly anxious um my mum was like let's wax your legs it's not a big deal you know we'll wax them if they grow back and you never want to do it again you never want to do it again and we did and I was very anxious to go to the carnival all morning I was putting it off like I didn't want to get out of bed blah blah but and my mum was kind of like both my parents were like look if you're actually going to have the worst day of your life I'm not going to force you to go like, they weren't strict parents at all, but they were also, like, like I loved swimming, which I should have mentioned. Like, I really liked swimming. I, I love being in the water. I wasn't, like, a crazy athletic swimmer whatsoever, but I really enjoyed being in the pool. Um, and out of kind of all the sports that we ever did in school, swimming was the only one that I was, like, sort of good at and actually really liked. So my parents were like, we don't want you to miss out on this day that you generally would really enjoy. Please try to forget about it, blah, blah, blah. They talked me through it, and I went to the carnival and, like as expected, sorry to be cliched, everything was literally fine and no one cared (laughs) and no one looked at my legs because why would they look at my legs? Like, hello. (laughs) So it was literally fine and I had a really nice day. (laughs) Did you bring it up with anybody or did you avoid the conversation? Not even my really close friends and I'm a super and always was a really social person like I liked everyone in my class I was really close to my teachers I went to a super chill school so like everyone knew each other from all the years all the grades like everyone was friends but like even with my really close friends in school like absolutely did not bring it up it still felt so embarrassing yeah Mm. and after the swimming carnival was the feeling more like phew it's done or was it like oh it was literally fine I had nothing to worry about Like, where were you on that scale of nonchalant to that's just one day I got through? Oh, I think it was kind of a mix of both of those things in a way. I was definitely sort of, from what I remember, it's a while ago now, but like I was somewhat relieved to have quote unquote gotten through it. Um, But on the other hand, like I did keep thinking, 
huh, like it really wasn't that bad. And I kept trying to tell myself if something like this happens again, it's not worth having a breakdown the night before. Easier said than done. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, like, has that, have have you given, does that still come with you today? Like when you are doing something and you feel particularly like, oh God, I'm just going to be so self-conscious. Yes, I do. And I also think about how I feel about other people, which is like, do I ever look at my friends or someone at uni or someone at work and go like, ew, they have pimples. Ew, they have hairy. No. Oh my God. Because I'm not a crap person. Um, Like (laughs) I, I never, I I don't want to say never, but I don't feel like I look at people's bodies and make any judgment on that. Like I'm too focused on what I have to do that day or what they're saying to me or, you know what I mean? So I just try to assume that there's no reason that anyone else will be giving my body much thought. I completely agree. And when you're younger and you hear people talk about other people's bodies, I think it's a huge learning curve to get to the point where you think that's a reflection on them or them being, they're worried Mm. about that so they're noticing it in other people. And Mm. I think if I was to give advice to myself, it's at a younger age, realise that and just like not engage. Don't you think with that kind of, talk or that kind of not that I ever really heard it Mm. but if I did I think I was then like oh my god you know my legs are hairy they're they're noticing that in that person Mm. and are my legs hairy it's probably not my issue yeah and I was talking to my mum last night about this and just about like that age and and kind of I was interested in her perspective you know like raising a girl and then a woman and like and she like we were just saying that I feel like Almost everyone at that age, any gender around going through puberty, like everyone has a thing or a couple of things about themselves that really bother them, whether it's having hair on your body or having really big boobs before everyone else or having no boobs when everyone else has boobs, you know, or, or having your period and that's embarrassing or all your friends already have their period and you're the only one who doesn't. And no matter what it is, I feel like everyone any gender, any school, any social group, whatever, has, like, a thing. And so, like, I think even though that kind of sucks, it on the other hand, it's sort of a comfort to know that, like, maybe it's not the same thing as you, but it's something and they're too busy thinking about their own thing <laughs> to worry about your hairy legs, well, you know. And also, like, uh, fixing it, quote, unquote, mm, mm. doesn't change who you are like I remember being so self-conscious about having braces and as soon as they came up Mm. I just found something else to to throw all that attention (laughs) at I was like oh my thighs are rubbing together when I walk god what's next what's the next thing I hate about myself yeah what's what's something that I can fixate on so that I don't actually have to engage with the world around me real (laughs) wow there it absolutely is Uh having a crisis but yeah I feel like it's just a constant it's just all a learning curve, like getting to the stage of being like, yeah, there's this thing that maybe don't necessarily love, but I'm not going to give it the time of day. I'm not going to. And I, and I assume that's what you're, I think it's great that your parents were like, we acknowledge your, your hurt, but also mm. look at all these wonderful things, all the good that will come out of this, like it, as opposed to just being like, oh, go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think my parents, especially my mum, but both of my parents just like, they smashed it, you know, like they just, 
they just found the balance and I think because both of them are a little older they just have so much life experience and so much wisdom they were very very understanding but they knew exactly almost always how much to push me and I think that's a great example of it and the other thing I think as we get older which is something this isn't something that I could have really thought about at that age but now you know in my early 20s it's like thinking about why did I feel so gross about having hair on my legs? Is it really inherently natural to feel gross about that? I don't really think so. I think like it's important to later reflect and think like, hmm, the patriarchy question mark? No, but like <laughs> think why actually is it that I felt so gross and unfeminine just because I have hair? And we, I think it is important to really try to unlearn that as when, when you get to the place where you feel like you can start thinking about it in a more critical yeah. way which I feel like I am more at that place now than obviously than when I was a kid. Like think, try to sort of unpack a little why you felt so gross about certain things. and That's huge. Yeah. No, that's like a massive, I mean, I feel that way about having small boobs. Like I mm. feel like I had to learn that like that wasn't necessary. That idea didn't come from nowhere. Like that kind of frustration didn't come from nowhere. That mm. came from somewhere and you need yeah, to address. Yeah, it's not an inherent feeling, yeah. 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 And how did mm. you go about that process of unlearning, like you said, because that does happen yeah. later in life, but what, what I kind think, of instigated it? I can't think of an exact time or, or person, but I think it's a mix of things. I think it's like reading up a little bit. It's definitely the content you consume or don't consume and it's also just I think surrounding yourself with smart people smart women um yeah I think it's also talking to for me at least talking to some older women in my life obviously my mom but also maybe my auntie a couple of my mom's good girlfriends even just like a couple of female teachers from high school you know and just kind of having those conversations with people who have more than been through what you've been through and even maybe raised some women themselves, I think that always made me be like, huh, there's a lot more to being a woman than just worrying about the way that I look. And I wasn't even a very quote-unquote girly girl. Like I was in fact quite a tomboy growing up. So I think I can't even imagine how it would feel to be someone who did feel inherently quite feminine. Um yeah, I definitely think there's a lot to unpack and I don't really know what the right age is to start kind of implementing those things and trying to teach young girls to kind of try to criticise where all of that is coming from because it is quite political and, you know, I don't think we necessarily have to be telling 10-year-olds to be like, hmm, let's talk about the patriarchy in regards to shaving your legs. But at the same time, like, we do want to teach, like, feminist points of view so I don't know it's, I'm glad I'm not a mum yet because I don't know what I'd say <laughs> <laughs> I always fret about that I have to say because it mm. isn't the thing is if you tell your children one thing this is me talking as if I had children <laughs> if you tell somebody anybody one thing they're not going to just agree with you like it totally. takes time for people to come around to like those ideas it's a culture and I know you said you don't even think you could imagine like if you had a daughter or a son hmm. and you're not sure like and but like what advice would you give them would you role model like would you model your mother do you think or I think I would largely if I ever do have kids I would largely raise them like my mum raised me just because I almost can't fault it shout out mum 
Um, <laughs> but I think the other thing I found is like, I gained, as I was sort of saying before, I gained so much from spending time with like interesting, dynamic, funny adults who weren't just my parents. All my parents' friends were so funny and so different. They were all, you know, from different places in the world, like had a very dynamic childhood and I think that's really important. So I would definitely make sure my kids weren't just too um, (laughs) stuck at home just with the family. Like I think it's important for people to meet a lot of different people and get different points of view. Um, And I think there's infinite ways to be a woman, you know, like there isn't one way to be well, a person or a woman. And so I think kind of to actually show that it's important for, I think, for kids to be raised around a lot of different types of women who present differently, who have different experiences and kind of feel their femininity in different ways, I guess. But Mm. as I said before, I have no idea. I'm so not ready. That's why I'm so not having kids right now. (laughs) Good to know. Imagine. Um, I think that's beautiful advice and something that I'd I'd never even considered for myself, but that idea of raising a child is is a community thing. Raising raising a girl is is a community and it's important to have adults of all sorts that aren't just your parents because, Mm. yeah. Sorry, I'm just hit by your wisdom, Lali. Oh, wow. Thanks, Ash. <laughs> On it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, thank you. And I think we can all learn a little from your advice and branching out. Thanks, Sasha. Let's talk body confidence. As you start to undergo puberty, you've probably noticed a fair few changes happening in your body. You may start bleeding from your vagina, grow hair in new places, and notice certain body parts start transforming before your eyes. With all these changes, it's easy to notice how everybody else's bodies have evolved as well. In the changing rooms before PE and during swimming carnivals, it's tempting to glance over at our peers and freak out when our bodies don't look like theirs. You may start to wonder, why are their boobs bigger than mine? Why don't they have that much hair on their legs? And Why are they so much skinnier than me? I was so self-conscious during my first swimming carnival. I could not stop comparing myself to the other girls around me. Some of the girls wore bikini tops underneath their school swimsuits to support their boobs and make them look bigger. So the next year, I did the exact same thing, even though I really did not need to. Even when I resolved to stop looking at my friends in the changing rooms, it was so much harder to escape the images of a so-called perfect body when I was in the real world billboard advertisements, models in magazines, and people on social media all portrayed a version of the ideal body that didn't match mine at all. When you're constantly bombarded with images of bodies that look alike, it's normal to start to compare yourself to them. You may even wonder if there's something wrong with you for not having smooth legs, big breasts, or toned muscles like the people you admire on Instagram. Firstly, there's no such thing as the ideal body, no matter what the media says. There is no one body type we should all aspire to have. In fact, the perfect body is your body. Secondly, even though we like to fret over our flaws and stress over what other people will think, the truth is, is that no one is focused on your body. I repeat, no one. Everyone else is just like you. 
focusing on their own imperfections and wondering what everyone else is thinking. Give yourself permission to let go of other people's opinions and just celebrate your own body, imperfections and all. Most importantly, know that you are more than the number on the scale and the number on a size tag. You are more than the hair you have on your body, your height and your appearance. You are beautiful just as you are and the only opinion that matters is the one you hold about yourself. Thanks for listening to The Red Tales, the Red by Moddy Body podcast. If you enjoyed tuning into today's episode, related a bit too much to the story, or learned something new, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. If you're curious about how Red by Moddy Body underwear protects you against period leaks and you'd love to give it a try, visit the Red by Moddy Body website at moddybody.com red. You can even join the Red Squad by signing up on our website to receive exclusive VIP offers. Because you've tuned into our podcast today, we're giving you a special offer that's exclusive only to our podcast listeners. Simply use our special code PODCAST and you'll get a 10% discount on any Red product, excluding bundles. Lastly, to keep up with all things Red, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Red by Body. Remember, life is messy, but your period doesn't have to be.